Frank, I'm just a little worried about you. You know, last show you were kind of giving yourself a hard time about how you were feeling, how you're looking, and then I see this post. You're driving down to Baltimore and then back to Troy and then to Utica. Are you crazy, man, or what's what's going on here? Well, those are two separate questions altogether, I think. Uh, yes, I am crazy. We know that. It's 15 years of it, or 15 seasons of it. That That's easy. Fair enough. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, the, the this is the last time this year that we're going to see really a full plate of Friday night action. Uh, I, I will not get to Wisconsin, obviously, even though they told me that that's the only game in uh, the country to care about, according to their tweet. Hi, Warhawks. Uh, but uh, there there is another game to care about. Yes, uh, Belly of the Beast there. Nice. Queen nice. Maynard's, baby. Yeah. But um, another Miners. big game, the Centennial Conference game. Uh, Quinn Miners, yeah, you got it. Uh, the Muhlenberg-Johns Hopkins game. So I went to that game last year at Muhlenberg, and Muhlenberg won that game, and that led them eventually to the quarterfinals uh, into overtime with Mount Union yeah. last year. So now, if you think about it, uh, you know the winner of this game tonight probably goes to the quarterfinals and uh, faces Mount Union again, right? I mean, isn't that how 2022 is working? Everything you expect happens in 2022, isn't that right? Well, yes and no, because I think with all the interregional matchups and wins and losses, by the time we get to Week 11, there's going to only be like 12 undefeated teams left. <laughs> yeah, really. So the seeding might be a little different or the same. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, it, a lot of things yeah. are going to probably change here. But remember, folks, uh, these games, uh, all three of these games have implications. Hobart RPI, um, the Liberty League, uh, that, that's still far from decided, even though Ithaca is starting to run away with it in some people's minds. Rockport at Utica, Utica's first big test, really, as far as I'm concerned. And it's a team that's won three of their five games by one possession or less. So uh, they are far from a sure thing in the Empire 8. They'll face Cortland uh what uh, the next week, uh, Cortland's got Hartwick this week, so yeah. something probably not to worry about too much for Cortland. Although, yeah, you know, Hartwick likes to try to no, shock no. teams One, once a year. I feel like we always talk about, oh, Hartwick's trying to pull an upset right now or successfully pulled an upset. So we got a lot of things going on here, uh, a lot of games to talk about coming up here. This is our live show on week 15 of In the Huddle. So we'll go right into this. Go ahead. But no, you said it was week fifteen. It's season Season fifteen. I didn't even catch myself. Seven. (laughs) It's kind of day I'm having. So uh, watch me not get a rental car in time, uh, and then not get to the game on time tonight. That that's the kind of thing we're going to run into. Yeah, literally after this show is done, I'm getting my my laundry just dried together, getting out the door. And uh, heading down to Baltimore by way of Colony for a rental car because who wants to put all those miles on your own car? Uh, and then yeah. uh, 
we'll uh, see what happens as uh, the next 48 hours roll by, and uh, hopefully uh, I make it there in one piece and back in one piece. But um, let's talk about some games in uh, week seven. It is week seven of season 15 of In the Huddle. And uh, Friday night heats up again. Uh, Saturday includes several key conference showdowns. We'll run through some of our uh, region one and two key showdowns. And that goes to James Baker to tell us about. Well, yeah, I remember a week or two ago, we we thought that the Friday night games were over. Well, guess what? Tonight there's five, (laughs) three of them in the Centennial. And we got Moravian versus Dickinson kicking off. Muhlenberg, Hopkins, McDaniels, your sinus. We don't have it on here, but Lincoln from California is playing Hilbert in upstate New York. Yep. And then the big one, Whitewater and Oshkosh. We'll get to that in a second. But Saturday has some interesting matchups. Trinity versus Middlebury was my game of the week because it's really going to decide the NESCAC championship, I think. Both undefeated teams. We'll see what happens. WNE versus Salve. S- no, CCC rivalry. Big game for those two teams. And then Carnegie Mellon, Washington, and Jefferson. Huge game in the pack. You already mentioned it, Frank. Hobart at our RPI. RPI is undefeated in the Liberty League. Hobart's trying to get their first win. And then we get some late night NESCAC action with Bowden versus Bates. If you're so inclined. I am inclined, and you caught me by surprise by ending that quickly on me, but uh, I am uh, seeing uh, in the background that we are ready to go with uh, a guest of somebody uh, that uh, is going to be a star of one of the games, uh, or hopes to be a star at least of one of the games that we've uh, had on that slide, and uh, let's introduce him right now. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of questions okay. about this guy that I've been learning throughout the last 24 hours as we scheduled this interview. Ryan Stevens yeah. uh, is uh, joining us, and Ryan, before you start up here, I got to get your audio back on because uh, I believe I had knocked it off there. That was my fault, and you are good to go. But so, Ryan, congratulations on uh, the start so far this season, and how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm currently uh, just. Uh, downtown in Baltimore and it's a beautiful day looking for a good uh, Friday night football game coming up well let's talk about that Friday night football game because I attended this Friday night football game a year ago in the Muhlenberg version of it and uh, you were sailing along and then kind of a buzzsaw scenario uh, occurred in that game what did you learn about kind of anything related to Muhlenberg or expectations in a season after you guys had kind of had a real offensive struggle in that game versus Muhlenberg last year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is uh, we learned that we have to play opportunistic football through four quarters, and we never really hit a bump last year uh, before this game. So our team has been battle-tested with our sinus this, uh, in week two, and uh, I feel like we have a different team this year. We're more focused on uh, uh, focused on our success uh, of just playing the next play. And I think that mindset will uh, lead to a success tonight. Ryan, last season you guys, I think, led the nation, if not at least Division Three, and points scored and all these kinds of things. Do you feel like the offense is – changed with this new team you guys seem to be doing things a little differently how is this year's team and this offense kind of compared to last year 
I think uh, Coach Josephson has adapted our offense to who we have and the personnel we have to be effective on the field. We're still doing a lot of what we did last year, but I think we just we believe as a team and as an offense that next play mentality, next drive mentality, at any point in the game, we can put 28 points on the board in four minutes. And that's kind of our thought process as an offense. Wow. You know, right, last year you guys had to kind of sit and wait uh, to a certain degree uh, with respect to what your next step was going to be after the season was done. And you end up really shocking a lot of people with the performance versus Salisbury in the playoffs. So it seemed like you kind of got motivated after this game was played last year and did a great job to make sure that the Centennial Conference was represented well. And now suddenly we all, you know, even though you guys play nine games of your round robin and then only one out of conference game, a lot of people are suddenly saying, well, they deserve a pool CB if one of the teams goes nine and one. Still, you don't want to be kind of waiting on the outside looking in. Uh, what was the feeling like last year and what did you learn from that process? Uh I just want to leave no doubt. As a team, I don't think we want to be in that same situation as we were last year, looking at a, as a watch party, waiting for our name to be called. I'd rather have our name locked in and be ready for who we're playing already. Uh, personally, I, it, I was really happy that they gave us a chance in the playoffs, and we did prove ourselves. We just came up short against Mountain Union. Well, right, and I've been, I've been looking forward to this for a while because I used to live down the road from your old high school, um, Shaman yeah, in good old Chatsworth, uh, California, right there in the West San Fernando Valley. So how does a guy from Southern California end up in Baltimore? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me decision-wise was using football to get me to the best school. And uh, I initially got some PWOs and some offers from some D1s, but I, I decided what was best for me and academically what I can major in and what I wanted to major in, which was applied math and econ. And uh, I'm lucky enough to now pursue a master's in finance here. And uh, I just think Fo Hopkins is, is all around a great school. And also we have great athletics uh, combined with it, which is great. Okay, well, let's talk about something here because Ernie LaRosa, who is your SID, made sure to tell us two separate times yesterday. <laughs> and he's, he was right to do so because it was incredible information. We have listed down here, we don't normally do this, but I think under the circumstances we need to, that you are a grad QB, okay, so graduate QB, but you are not a fifth year. You completed college in three years, according to what I'm understanding here. You are in a grad school scenario right now, and that means actually because of COVID, you have a year of eligibility remaining, I believe, as well. What the hell is going on down there at Johns Hopkins, and are we going to see you back next year? Uh, I, at the end of the season, I plan to weigh my options. I have, a, I have job offers lined up potentially, but uh, I, the need to play football is, is there. And uh, I love being on the field and just the feeling of being in command, leading an offense, and just having all those 96 guys around me looking up to me and uh, being a leader on the field is just game-changing. So I, I, I might I, – I don't know 100% yet, but I, I, I might come back. Okay, so if I said the name David Tamaro, uh, you know, what would that mean to you? Because you guys followed interestingly similar tracks, it feels like, here. And I, I think he was a finance guy as well or in that uh, area. 
and uh, you know was trying to weigh what the next steps were. Was dedicated to football and all that stuff. What did you learn from that guy? And uh, you know, what is he up to these days? Do you stay in touch with him? Uh, yeah, Dave is uh, working on the West Coast in San Fran, uh, and uh, he's working in finance, which is nice. But uh, the biggest thing for Dave that taught me freshman year is uh, he was just a good leader of the team. His way of just being a good leader all around, being a good guy. And also, he's a phenomenal quarterback. The way he looks at defenses, the way he gets through reads, I think uh, I try to mimic it every week. JB, I got something for you to ask him about, actually. Uh, we don't usually do it this way, but I was okay. reading that this guy is one of five children, I believe it is, but all the siblings are sisters. What do you think yeah, about that, JB? I, I, How do you handle that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's 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 fun. It's a fun household. Uh, I have uh, I'm the middle of five, two older sisters, two younger sisters. Uh, it's it's a lot, but uh, they teach you a lot of good lessons, which is nice. And uh, I'm always happy to have them around, and they're great mentors to have. Okay, but what's more threatening, uh, the defensive line of Muhlenberg or your sisters if they're mad at you any given day? I'm actually more terrified of my mother. My mother knows how to read defenses, <laughs> and uh, it's terrifying yeah. because if I make one bad check, she uh, first time I come off the field, she goes, "Why'd you check that play? Why'd you see? Well, you saw too high. Why'd you check it?" I'm like, "Come on, mom. We just want a game. Relax." Wow, <laughs> knows her stuff. JB, go ahead. That's funny. Well, I'm trying to remember, and I. I think you're because of the COVID thing and all that. Did you overlap with <clears throat> Coach Margraf or not? Or at least coming into Hopkins, there was obviously that happened, and it was an unfortunate situation. What was your experience with that? And did you ever interact with him? What did you sort of learn about him these past few years? Yeah, Margraf was the guy who recruited me, so I uh, was very 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 sad to hear what happened and uh he also added on to the uh, reasoning why i was able to why i chose hopkins because of just the way he carried himself the way he carried this team and how it's carried on to how camara carries the team along with coach Sin and coach wadica it's been uh it was very sad to happen especially because he was uh gonna come visit me but we uh turned down him to visit just so he could spend more time with his family and that was when we found out he passed. So I, I, it's a very hard situation. I keep him in my heart at all times. He's a great guy, great coach, and I miss him. We all do miss him, uh, indeed. Uh, let's uh, go back, uh, since we went a little more serious here uh, at this point, to talk about the serious nature of tonight's game for a second and just about what to expect in this game. Uh, we got a Muhlenberg team that's still trying to find itself in some ways, it seems like. Um, Coach Milne, you know, took the challenge versus Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, they didn't do horribly early on in that game. Uh, they, you know, apprised themselves decently overall, I would say, compared to what some teams go through against them. But then, obviously, your sinus bites them again. It's really a, a little bit of a replay going on from last year, except flip the uh, home location on this. So what, what should we expect to see from a Muhlenberg defense, let's say, because you, you, yeah, you've been setting up on that, he tried to say. Uh, but what should we also be looking forward to with you guys? Are you more balanced in the run pass this year? Or are you more pass first, and then we'll talk about run? What For those of us that haven't watched you 
for a full four quarters yet this season, what will we see? I think the biggest thing for our offense is just we just got to take what the defense gives us, and that's ultimately what we'll have to do tonight to win. Uh, their defense is phenomenal across the board. Great corners, great uh, front seven, great back uh, back safeties there. Uh, and I just think that if we just play opportunistic football and take take a take a chance of their uh, mistakes, I think we can be successful in the offense. Now, uh, as you probably know, JB nope. and I are friends with Coach Milne, and I wanted to convey a couple things uh, he wanted me to send out to you uh, this morning, uh, since you guys will be facing off in 10 hours or so. Uh, I, he says uh, he wishes you well in midterms. He hopes you do well on them. Uh, Hopkins is full of really smart people, and uh, when I reminded him that you graduated in three years, he says that just proves my point again. And uh, he said, well, you know, he considered maybe coming on the show to say hi to you. And he said, maybe I could offer some career advice. But he said he wasn't sure what he could offer besides saying avoid midlife politics and don't join a band. So Coach Milne giving the professional advice to you, Ryan Stevens. I mean, that's worth a lot of money. And uh, I I don't know about anybody on this uh, set that would join a band. Oh, wait. Hey, JB, how are you? (laughs) Got my guitar right behind me. No. I'm more serious. (laughs) More, you don't want to hear that. On a more serious note, Ryan, what is tonight going to feel like for the Hopkins and the Muhlenbergs faith? Or, I mean, we see Homewood on national television in the spring with the lacrosse, PLL. They had a recent event that was packed house for a weekend. What's it going to be like for a Friday Night Lights in Baltimore? Uh, well, it's actually alumni weekend, so it, we got a lot of guys coming back, which is nice, and a good amount of my friends and buddies are coming back into town to see the game, which is uh, always great, but there's no atmosphere like Homewood. Uh, it's a great stadium to play in. It's always nice to play at home, and uh, it's it's Friday Night Lights, no, no, nothing compares to it. I've been there for a playoff game, or uh, yeah, what's the playoff game versus RPI a few years back, uh, and the place was rocking even with rain uh, falling that uh, cold day. Uh, I endured it like a uh, champ, uh, but speaking of champs, we wish you well on the attempt for the championship in the Centennial Conference, but you guys will need to win this game to really have some certainty in this whole thing, and then in a couple weeks, <laughs> let's not forget about that Susquehanna team that is uh, coming up. Uh, they are very good. They're waiting and watching this game and uh, all that stuff. So good luck there. But David, I, you see, I get David Tamara on my mind right now. Ryan Stevens, it is your turn for shout-outs for any family, friends, teammates that might be watching here. Take the floor because in 10 hours you're going to be on the field, hopefully not literally. Go for it. All right, uh, I'll shout out my family, uh, all my four sisters, uh, my brother-in-law, Henry, and uh, my parents, especially for all of what they do. Uh, I also want to shout out our quarterback room, Wes, James, Bay, and Ethan. Great guys in there. I'd also want to throw a uh, shout out my OC, uh, Coach Joe. He's great across the board. We, we're getting on the same page, which is perfect for uh, leading up to this game. So that's all the people I want to shout out. Thanks, guys. That's great. And uh, I will see you tonight. I uh, will start my drive right after Santa this show. Clarita, so baby. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, big game tonight. My second version or second time be, uh, being at a Muhlenberg Johns Hopkins game currently are 0-1 when I'm in attendance for those games. So we'll see if we can uh, get a 500 uh, measure on that or if uh, Coach Milne will be inviting me back more frequently to this game at the end of tonight. We'll see what happens. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. Got it. Ryan Stevens. 
graduate quarterback of Johns Hopkins. And uh, weighing his options, he said, JB, uh, in terms of whether he'll be back for a uh, his final year of eligibility, we'll call it that. It's not a fifth or a sixth year, technically. It may be a fifth year, I guess you can look at it as with COVID. But good for him uh, that he was able to do what he's done in the classroom, let alone the football field, as quickly as he has. No kidding. Wow. Let's go to uh, Regions 3 and 4. I'll let you take it back. Yeah, there's going to be some great games Saturday in the Mid-Atlantic Southeast. Bridgewater versus Randolph-Macon. Two undefeated teams in the ODAC. That's a game that's going to decide a conference championship and a Pool A bid, potentially. Brevard, although they started off 0-3, they're 2-0 in the USA South. If they beat Huntington, things get interesting there. Uh, Barry versus Center. The I think the Colonels, what their is their mascot? Undefeated in the SAA. If they can beat Barry, maybe they give Trinity a run for their money. We'll see. Out in Region Four. Wesleyan Wabash expect probably a combined 90 points between those two teams. Uh, Hope and Alma, a big MIA game, and then Shrine versus Olivet, another undefeated team in the MIA. There's three. That's why I think our friend Greg Thomas is saying, look at the MIA for a possible full seabed. You never know. We will uh, definitely see, again, if there's ever a year that one loss will get you in, it's going to be this year for a conference that at least has a pulse. And I would say that yeah. the MIAA is considered such a conference. The Centennial Conference is such a conference. And, uh, you know, the WEAC could play out in a way where everybody after the conference champion has three Division three losses. It is possible for that to happen with what's going on in that conference right now. And they're not going to be picking a three-loss WEAC team in Pool C, are they? Because we have never seen a three-loss team selected at large, ever, in the 14 or 15 years uh, that there are 20, excuse me, I should say 24 or 25 years. Is that what we're up to? Yeah, in uh, yeah. 24 or 25 years of this setup of playoffs, we have never seen that happen. So uh, I just don't think it, they can expect anything if they're all sitting at three losses. So conferences like the MIAA and the Centennial Conference yeah. need to start watching what's happening in the WEAC in their conference matchups, which, by the way, if we want to talk about conference matchups, here, are, okay. here is one of them, at least, that's important. I'll let you take it. Yeah, it's 7 Central, 8 Eastern, Probably the biggest game in the weekend, arguably. Oshkosh versus Whitewater. Perk is going to be packed. It'll be a, a big game atmosphere. If the Titans pull off the upset, all hell's going to break. <laughs> uh, but the Warhawks have coming off a bye. They're pretty well rested. We'll see what happens. Elsewhere, Region 5, you got Wash U against Augustana. Washington undefeated CCIW team. Rippon versus Lake Forest in the Midwest. Another undefeated versus undefeated. Linfield versus Pacific. First of two matchups for the Wildcats to check the boxes to win the Northwest. And then for you diehards, 10 o'clock Eastern, Redlands versus Chapman in the, ski- in the Skyac. 
That Linfield Pacific game is interesting because Linfield, while they won by a good number, and Joel Valadez uh, and company uh, had a good game uh, to uh, really round things out against Whitworth last week, they still aren't exactly what I would call blowing the doors off their competition in a way that a lot of people would expect from a perennial Linfield team. So here's a chance for them against a team that's doing decently this season, uh, Pacific, to make some noise finally in a way that folks like us will be able to say, okay, that's the Linfield we know and appreciate heading into a playoff uh, year because I can't see anybody beating them to knock them out of a playoff spot here uh, in uh, Pool A. So, I mean, here's the crazy thing too, Frank. When you're looking at the the national footprint, Linfield's probably going to be the only undefeated team in Region 6 and when it's all said and done. That's kind of an incredible uh, situation because Region 6 is known as that region of regions. Normally you have at least two teams out there, but the problem is here that they have so many good games in the out-of-conference scenario, and then their in-conference scenarios have played out a little bit counterintuitively compared to what we would expect on this stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised on one hand, but then thinking about what's transpired this, uh, thus far this season, I'm not that surprised. So uh, we're back uh, this week with uh, what we were calling hype videos. And they're not necessarily all hype videos, but uh, stuff that we found funny on Twitter uh, from teams this week. And I, I believe you uh, chose Utica. And uh, let's take a look at what they're up to over there. Hey, Coach Woman. What's up? You can grab me what's in the front. Yeah, I got you. What's this? Oh, yeah, that's mine. Oh. Thank you. We got to go back for a second and see if I can capture it. The helmets are what I'm kind of curious to see uh, them in. Let's see if I can uh, isolate on the helmet. I I think I've got it. Don't they have the U and the Moose? Hold that thought because uh, I decided to start playing on me here. We'll go back. We'll try to catch it on pause here. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's mine. Oh. I, that's a pretty crisp-looking helmet right there. It's a moose. Indeed, it is a moose, but it's just... It, the the orange and the blue uh, combination on the helmet is something that I don't remember seeing. Uh, great job by whoever's uh, doing the designs over there, and great, uh, great uniform reveal video uh, there by Utica University. Um, yeah. Mine comes from a TikTok, I believe, and uh, this is something where uh, you've got a new player uh, in town, it looks like, and uh, we'll, we'll identify the player in a second. Actually, I'll identify her now. It's their athletic director, and she decided to get, on, get in on this undefeated season fun that Olivet is having. Good luck Tight spiral. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Pretty solid there. I, I think so too. So listen, JB. Um, I caught up a little bit last week. Now only down by six. 
after six weeks yeah. of predictions. So, um, you know, are you feeling concerned, scared, or anything? We still got five weeks of the regular season to go. We got playoffs. This is like playoffs. The third inning. The Plenty third inning. <laughs> Let's see what happens here. Well, Plenty of time to get a kick. 15, 20 game lead. You know. Oh, is that what you're looking at? I thought you were looking at me getting like back on top. Maybe, maybe that's what you meant, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's tee up the picks here. Uh, I'm going to go first today, uh, based on our uh, rocking back and forth to start that. I can put the first game up on the screen, and then I will try to get the clock started. Ten minutes to go for 12 games today, and here we go. Region 1, Western New England at Salve, Virginia. You know, this has been a tough season for Western New England, and uh, tough to figure out which team's going to show up in a game like this. Salve, Regina. Uh, you know, still lacking some of their uh, players. I'm not sure if Joey Moriello is back yet. Uh, injuries uh, still biting them uh, overall. But I'm going to pick at home in Newport, Rhode Island, Salve Regina to win this game. 27-17. Yeah, they have struggled lately. So I was leaning Bears. Tough to win in Newport, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks, 17-14. Hartford State at Middlebury. Go ahead. I'm going to go with the Bantams. I think this is Trinity's year. Spencer Federer and co. Going to be a tough road game for them, but I'll say 35-28. Shout out Trinity. to... Uh, coordinator uh, Coach Lou down there, former Union College uh, coordinator, our assistant coach as well, and we're going back here. So, by the way, uh, Union College, I was just told, is going to be honoring John Audino uh, coming up at the Ithaca game in Week 10. So, uh, we'll, we may have to reconsider coach. how we're going to do our coverage on Week 10, but nonetheless, Trinity, uh, I believe, is going to win this game by the final score of 30-20. Well, Barry, you know, not a pushover team we saw a couple seasons ago, but I just think Trinity's got a better shot at this one. The game I'm going to tonight, I, let's hurry up because I can get out the door. Uh, Muhlenberg at Johns Hopkins. Uh, I will start this and say, yeah, you know, I made mistakes last year, I think, of picking Hopkins or really having a lot of confidence in them in this game, but I don't think it's a mistake this year. I just think they're playing a better brand of football overall heading into this game. I, and maybe I said the exact same thing a year ago, so I, maybe I should maybe. stop making the same uh, statements over and over again, but Johns Hopkins, I believe, does win this game, low scoring, 17-7. I'll say Blue Jays, 31-17, pull away in the second half. Three for three so far in matching up. Uh, will it continue with Carnegie Mellon of Washington and Jefferson? You first. Yeah, this is a tough one. The president's lost the case. But Case lost to Grove City by one. Carnegie struggled with Waynesburg. Ah, what the hell? Presidents with the upset. W&J, 14-13. You hear that, Coach Larson? That was James Baker that said you're going to lose this game. James Baker. Just, just be aware of that because I'm picking your team to win this game, Coach. Coach Larson, 
Carnegie Mellon, you're going to win this game by the final score of 21-14. Get the damned offense going, please, in a way that you had in those uh, possessions that you needed to beat Waynesburg with last week. Holy cow, that was too scary, that game. Let's continue here. Brevard at Huntingdon in the USA South. Uh, maybe a de facto USA South championship game when you think about this. As tempting as it is for me to pick for the upset in the way Brevard has kind of bounced back in the USA South play, I'm going to say Huntingdon wins this game. They just seem to be playing more overall consistent good football right now. And that's important this time of the season. They win 30-20. Yeah, I mean, they beat, I think, Birmingham Southern, who gave Trinity everything they could handle last weekend. I think the Red Hawks are, are the pick. Close early, but 35-21. Bridgewater, Virginia at Randolph-Macon. Uh, interesting ODAC game for sure. Battle of Undefeateds? Yeah. You first. <laughs> well, I know Randolph, Randolph Macon's a favorite, but Bridgewater has found ways to win close games. I think it's it's hard to pick up against the nationally ranked team. So RMC at home, 21-17. It's going to be a close one. That was the key for me, the home part right there. And overall, Randolph Macon seems to be doing better at kind of blowing away opponents when they've needed to. So I think with all that combined, Randolph-Macon does win this game 37-20. Go to Region 4 in the MIAA, trying at Olivet. Uh, you know, I, I said it last week, and it gave me one notch on you because of it. Trying is feeling like their backs are against the wall and are responding well to that fact right now. And so I'm going to stay with them to take down the undefeated Olivet Comets, I believe, uh, by the final score of... I believe 31-21 in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> enough about the comments to really comment on how they've cool. done this. That was a really bad dad joke. I'll take the Thunder, too. It just seems like they're turning things around. They're going to mix up everything in the MIAA. Here we go. A final score of? Thank you. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan at Wabash. This uh, the 90-point game, you said. Uh, go ahead. Tell me who's going to win that 90-point game. Uh, Wabash, 45-42. I guess that's 85 points, not 90. Uh, well, then I, I will clean up your mess and say Wabash, 48-42 to get to 90 points. How's that for uh, uh, short and sweet? Rippin at Lake Forest. Battle of undefeateds, I believe. Is that accurate? So, um, you know, yep. Coach Cat always uh, gives me the sob story. Uh, A.J. Jackson hadn't uh, played, I think, since game one because of injury, and he's all banged up and everything else. Could use a bye week. Rippin uh, has been ripping wins. How's that for a bad one, too? Uh, so it's tempting to pick Rippin, the visiting team, for what I would call a bit of an upset since Lake Forest hasn't lost a regular season game in a couple of years. But I'm going to stick with Lake Forest here by the final score of 27-20. Yeah, I'll take the Foresters. 31-21. think to pull away in the second half. Wash U at Augustana. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think the sit there the Bears, right? The Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears got something special this year. They could be a nine and one pool C team. We'll see, but uh, they'll win this one. 42-27. No, they will not. Augustana will win this game at home. Uh, WashU has played what I would call a middling schedule so far. Augustana has had teams like Wheat in the face, and I think that's going to do well for them at home in this game. I call for the upset here. Augustana wins 37-30 in an offensive uh, blitz, basically. Big one in Region 6. So big, it's not even fitting in our title editor. So here's how we work that thing. Uh, Oshkosh at Whitewater tonight. And uh, I'm going to go first here. It is so tempting to pick Oshkosh, but I just feel like at the perk, you got to pick Whitewater. I just think you can't avoid that scenario here. So I'm going to say Whitewater does win a close defensive-based uh, game. 17-10. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick against the Warhawks because they should have lost to Mary Harden Baylor. They had the drive. They should have lost to lacrosse. Interception, field goal. They just find ways to win games. So this big guy right here says Warhawks win. 34-31. Last game for us to talk about, Linfield at Pacific. Cats, I think they've been dropping 70 points here and there. Pacific, though, is a good team. It'll probably be more like the Whitworth game we saw last week. Cats pull away later, 28-14. Yeah, I, uh, on the road is always tough, but I'm going to say that Linfield does get it done. Where is Pacific? I'm just thinking for a second here. Is Pacific where I think it is? If you I think give they're me a all second. around Tacoma. Yeah, yeah and so it, there's a little bit of a travel involved uh, in a lot of these games for Linfield. Yep. It's amazing to me uh, how that lines. conference is. But uh, I believe that Linfield does win this game. Final score, as we take the music down here. Boy, I, I don't know if I should say a lot to a little or not here. I, I just feel like they're going to finally have their kind of coming out party as a team here. 37-10 in favor of Linfield. So, and look at that. We even right. beat the clock with five seconds remaining right now. How's that for efficiency, folks? Uh, 12 games in basically 10 minutes. A uh, couple remaining things to talk about here. First off, let's go to your what to watch for. I, again, uh, this is an interesting weekend the way it's lined up with the Friday night game, a Saturday evening game in Region 2, and everything in between uh, and even after uh, for the West Coast games. So th this is definitely one of those weeks uh, to watch a lot. So how are you going to watch your games this weekend? Well, tonight... You know, the nice thing is there's a little space between the first Centennial game and the second two. And then we got Whitewater kicking off at 8. So we have a kind of constant flow of games from 6 o'clock probably until 10, 30, 11-ish. And then tomorrow, New England games starting off usually around noon, 1 Eastern. And then, we, yeah, we keep going 5... 5.30 into the night. 
Love you. Love you when it goes into the night there. You're a night owl. I know you are, uh, at least uh, in spirit. So uh, there's that. Um, one thing I want to point out here, right? we, we get a lot of Mary Harden Baylor fans that uh, come through to watch Kent Miller and company uh, to name uh, Ty Crawford, I think, uh, is as well. Um, you know, a lot of people are giving Mary Harden Baylor the ASC different situations with your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> A lot of people are giving Mary Harden Baylor the ASC crown already. And there's one big hurdle still to come. That's Howard Payne, who remains, I believe, uh, undefeated in conference right now. And has Harden-Simmons before they play Mary Harden Baylor. So we'll learn a little bit about them before we get there. But for everybody that's taking this whole situation for granted, I got to really say to you folks that what we're seeing in Wisconsin, I think, is playing out in Texas to a certain degree as well. That the teams below the teams that have been the perennial strength teams are starting to find ways to catch back up right here. And while Howard Payne may not beat them, do not underestimate them or write them off and just give the crown over to Mary Harden Baylor right now. I don't think that's something that's smart for anybody to do. What are you thinking? I think looking at their scoreboard, they're not beating the teams that are at the bottom half of their conference by enough. I think no problem. That's just me. What was their uh, Did they uh, play ETBU yet? I haven't I got it on my screen. Yes. And they won 33-21. Okay, so, I mean, look, uh, Mary Harden Baylor won by 17 against them. They won by 12. Uh, not, not horribly comparable, but the defense they mm. clamped down for Mary Harden Baylor on that uh, ETBU team. I don't know. It just... I I think Only there are beat teams... McMurray by 12. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. There's just teams that I think when you get to a game like a Harden-Simmons and Mary Harden-Baylor down there that start to rise to the occasion. I think ETBU is one of those teams because, remember, in the spring season a couple of years ago, or uh, last year technically, um, they almost took down Mary Harden-Baylor, did ETBU. Now, Howard Payne hits me as kind of that ETBU and waiting in trying to get to that point as well. So don't give it to them quite yet, folks. Make them earn it in terms of Mary Harden-Baylor before the playoffs start. They're going to need some warm-up games, I think, heading into the playoffs. This is not going to be a walk in the park. Remember, they have one loss. So how they get seeded will not necessarily be at the top of any quadrant, basically. They might have to really even hit the road in the third game of the playoffs. It's possible based on how they're placed Maybe the second. in the bracket. Yeah. So just sit tight and see what happens there. Uh, any other final thoughts? Uh, any teams that uh, you are particularly surprised by besides Olivet, who we probably need to, need to study up on more if they win after this week? Yeah, seriously. You know, I'm curious, and you'll have a front row seat, how Utica handles this Brockport offense. Because the Pioneers could make things interesting in the Empire 8. They could make things interesting nationally if they end up taking a pool C or maybe even winning the Empire 8. So I'm keeping an eye on that Utica team and the Chicken Riggies. Yeah, indeed. I hope the game ends early enough for me to get some Chicken Riggies out there in Utica. Uh, as I had some last weekend, actually, and uh, you can never have too many chicken riggies. That's what I can assure you, even if I'm watching my weight. I did cut back a little this week after our uh, crunch time shoot 
and uh, maybe, maybe I have a couple pounds to spare now to uh, eat some chicken riggies on Saturday. So folks, um, we got a lot of coverage this weekend. Again, uh, tonight I'm going to be down in Baltimore uh, with this Johns Hopkins game on Alumni Weekend. So of course I'm going to be going in parking in uh, traffic hell on another game there. Uh, Ernie, please give me a parking space. Uh, then Hobart at RPI tomorrow at noontime in uh, Rensselaer, New York. And then uh, we'll finish it off in Utica as Brockport comes to Utica and see if Todd Simons is back uh, from his injury last week. Uh, that was, uh, you know, I believe it was McGuire was the uh, freshman that came in that did okay. But yeah. uh, Simons seems to have a better arm out of the two of them. And that will be important in a game like this against Utica. If Brockport's going to win this game, and by the way, we didn't pick this game, did we? Hold on. We're adding a 13th game right yep. now. We should have picked this game. This is a game uh, to pick, absolutely, in the Empire 8. In Region 2, we have Rockport at Utica. JB, who do you have? Man. Put you on the spot, buddy. Well, yeah, I guess I put, better put my money where my mouth is. Pios at home, under the lights. They've got, uh, I think, a more healthy offense. So I'm going Utica. I'm going to take Utica as well, uh, so uh, we'll have a, a nullity on this game. But still, I will we'll pick it wisely and say that they're going to win again by one possession. I just this is what they do. This is like they're the RPI of 2022 right now, winning by one possession, left, right, and center, figuring out ways to win. Mm. I think that happens again here for some reason. 30-28 in favor of Utica. So there you go, folks. That rounds out our show. It rounds out the coverage uh, that we'll have this weekend for you and games that. Uh, JB spots throughout the weekend. You know you'll see updates on Twitter. For those, crunch time early next week. We always say early next week. Gosh darn it, we're going to try it. Actually get it there uh, one of these weeks. Life has just been daunting. Well, that's all I can tell you. You want, but, you, uh, want to bring, you want to bring something up to Troy with you, Frank? No. No, we do not. Wouldn't Wait be caught dead, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. We didn't pick that game. We didn't pick that one either. Game 14, Hobart at RPI. <laughs> Here we go. Um, RPI at home. 21 10. All right. What do you got? Well, I think in my blog post, I like the fact Hobart's offense is a little more stable, although it's funny that the statistics are ex- almost exactly the same. Just you have Cruson with more experience, but RPI's defense statistically is number one in the league across the board. I still picked Hobart 16-13. to 13. I think it's going to be a field goal kicking contest. Let me tell you something. If David Cruson and company don't win, he will be 0-3 with me in attendance, uh, officially going back to last year, and I will probably be fearing oh, for man. my life from the Cruson clan. Uh, if that were to happen, uh, I will stay away from uh, them at that point. So uh, let's see if he can break the Rossi jinx uh, tomorrow in Troy, Rensselaer, however you want to look at it. Okay, folks, we're done now for real. We mean it. So uh, we'll see you this weekend and then next week in crunch time.